This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Support for 100 Words or Less comes from Talenti. When Talenti makes gelato and sorbetto, they tend to get a little overzealous. Did they need to use so many raspberries in their Roman raspberry sorbetto that the machine broke? Did they need to try 25 different chai teas to find the perfect spice blend from their vanilla chai gelato? Did they have to invent giant mint steepers to make their Mediterranean mint super minty? Did their obsessiveness make Talenti, Gelato, and Sorbetto the greatest? You be the judge. But yes, it does make them the greatest, and they're also the judge. Talenti, the deliciousness in the details. Trust me, this stuff is amazing. Try it out. Oh boy, I'm here to tell you about my favorite company, Mack Weldon. Now, what do they do? They make amazing underwear, pants, sweaters, sweatshirts, you name it. They will put it on your body and you will be amazed at how comfortable this stuff is. I can use it for the gym. I can use it for hanging around the house. I can even use it on a date with my wife and she'll be like, you what? You look nice. And I'm like, yeah, I do because I'm wearing Mack Weldon. So please go to MacWeldon.com and use the code words. I will get you 20% off. Please use that code because that way they know that we sent you. Trust me, this stuff is absolutely incredible. I'm wearing their shorts and underwear right now. So go to MacWeldon.com, enter the promo code WORDS, and you'll thank me for it later. Now, here's the awesome show. Hello one, hello all. I am Ray Harkins, and you are listening to 100 Words or Less, the podcast. And we're hanging out here because we have a love for independent music in some capacity, some way, shape, or form. That's what we're doing here. We take a person who's involved, whether it's playing in bands, whether it's record labels, photographers, whatever, as long as they are attached to this beautiful music scene that uh, we hold so dear. Today is a jam-packed episode, and the huge interview is with Matt Kareckis from Citizen, which I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. I was looking it up online, but, you know, who's to trust YouTube about the appropriate way to pronounce Matt's last name? But he's in Citizen. Uh, He also does his own solo project, and he's the lead vocalist for Citizen. And um, I was very, very excited to have this convo because we nerd out pretty deep about video games and uh, a bunch of other stuff. And uh, I I really like this conversation. We talked about being an adult. So much fun stuff. And then we also have a, a nice little side little chat that's going to, you know, be about 15 minutes or so at the uh, the once I'm done with this this intro. We'll dive right into it with uh, Ty Brooks from a band called Conveyor. And Conveyor are a very, very good band from Wisconsin. Melodic hardcore stuff going on. And uh, they just recently put out their new record on Victory. And um, yeah, I just I, I had to have this band on because I really I, not only do I really like their music, but I want to get a nice snapshot of what it's like being what I called a working class band, where it's like, you know, a band that's that's doing the damn thing, touring, playing a lot of uh, cities that are off the beaten path. And uh, I just I sometimes miss those times myself from a touring musician standpoint, just because, you know, a lot of attention is focused on bands that are, you know, on their way up, huge. And uh, sometimes we forget about the bands that are just, you know, doing their thing and are very content and happy doing exactly what Conveyor's done. And so, um, yeah, Ty Brooks, he's the uh, guitarist of the band. So had that nice little conversation with him at the beginning. But before we dive into all of that stuff, I have to tell you about a awesome podcast in the Jabberjaw Media Network called Metal Sucks. And they are they, they do not too dissimilar things to what we do here, except they're solely focused on the metal universe and people that are in that orbit. And they've had great discussions with people 
in like Between the Buried and Me. And we have a few crossover guests, but uh, yeah, they do a really good job. And uh, I like the show. Pop in occasionally, enjoy what they do. So that is the Metal Sucks podcast. Go check it out on any podcast catching platform that you may have, whether it's Overcast or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. Listen to it. You'll enjoy it. But um, yeah, I'm not going to go on anymore because I want you to enjoy these discussions that I had, and I don't want to make this episode seven hours long. But here's Ty Brooks, and then immediately after, so you know, if you're not 100% interested in this awesome chat with a working class band, then you know, whatever, fast forward about 20 minutes and then dive into the main port of the episode. Port? Main port? <laughs> like all of a sudden I have an accent. Uh, the main part of the episode with Matt from Citizen. So here here it all is and it'll just one will flow right into the other and it'll be great and i'll talk to you at the very end of the episode to tell you who's on next week there you go how, how do you say eau claire or eau claire it's it's eau claire so okay. i think in french it means clear water yeah um so that's like kind of where the band is based out of so at one point all five members of the band at that time were there so there's only there's two of us there still um we're kind of spread out uh me and jake still live in eau claire and then our drummer john lives in fredericksburg virginia but he used to live in eau claire um and then our guitar player lives in the detroit area and then our singer recently moved from eau claire to uh southern indiana where he's from so we, it's kind of a kind of a nightmare to try to get everyone together but it works in our case <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's rad because i mean i think mo- most people that you know know that city now know it primarily because of you know Bon Iver and Justin Vernon and like all oh, yeah. all the attention that um, has been paid on that city in regards to you know him him coming out of there and doing the festival and everything like that. Um, is yeah. it, you know is it kind of interesting for you guys to be you know off the beaten path where people are like wait where are you from like what is that <laughs> what is that it's I feel like it's one of those towns that is just starting to boom um, in western Wisconsin there, there's a lot of new industry there there's a lot of new money there. Um, so there's a lot of cool things that keep popping up there, but it is kind of funny. Sometimes they're like, Oh, you know, you guys are from Wisconsin. Are you from Milwaukee or Madison? And it's like, no, complete different side of the state. You know, we're an hour and 20 minutes to, to Minneapolis. And, you know, at one point, like most of the band aside from me lived in, in Minnesota. So, um, you know, it's just kind of funny. Like, you know, Eau Claire, I, I love it. I moved there like seven years ago now from like the Philly area, uh, southern New Jersey. It's easier to say Philly because it was 10 minutes from there. Um, but I, I absolutely love it. I was born in Wisconsin and it's always just kind of felt like home. Uh, going through that part of uh, the country and you know I wanted to move back out there and the cost of living you know compared to the coast is just beautiful (laughs) so yeah it makes it it definitely makes it a lot easier to uh, you know be in a band and uh, you know have a low cost of living where you're just like oh yeah if I come home from a tour with like a hundred bucks like that's cool (laughs) like that's fun yeah I mean even though for sure even though it's not ideal it's like still you're able to you know piece things together absolutely and so, um, you know, being, uh, from there and, you know, obviously advertising it and, you know, uh, speaking about it, um, 
do, like, do you like being, like I said, sort of off the beaten path where people are, you know, don't really know about very much about where you guys come from, or is it like, you know, you guys are viewed as like, oh yeah, you're just, uh, you're just in the Midwest, like you're one of those Midwestern pants, or how does it, how does yeah. it kind of sit in your head? I like I like that you know we're starting to bring a lot more bands to Eau Claire because you know six seven years ago there was a band called Solidarity from Eau Claire and I think the hardcore scene was was decently strong um, but now it's like you know we'll like our record release show is next Saturday there and uh, you know some of our best friends who are on this tour with us Church Song have never played Eau Claire and it's like the past like couple of years we've been really trying to build up the scene again. Um, so it's really fun to, to kind of show people like, Hey, like this might be a town of only, you know, 70,000 people or whatever it is. And, but there's, there's a fun scene here. Like people love music. You know, you mentioned Bonnie Vare earlier, like, you know, there's always something happening, uh, during the summer, like whether that, that is, you know, shows and bars or, um, there's there's this thing in Eau Claire called Music in the Park where we have uh, a really cool park right on the river that every Thursday night there's uh, you know there's like jazz musicians or uh, you know just pop musicians that will come and play and it's not even so much about the music there's just like a couple thousand people that will come down there and uh, you know there's food trucks and it's just it's right on the water so it's like the most beautiful setting for that but uh, it's it's nice like we kind of are one of those midwestern bands just for how spread out we are but uh it's it's really fun to to show them our town and be like hey like you know we're only an hour and 20 minutes or so from minnesota but this if you've hit minnesota recently like consider eau claire for you know i guess it would be a c market but kids really do care um and they just they haven't seen it consistently like you know in the past couple years so i think kids are really excited that there's something other than folk music or right um you know happening nothing against that by any means uh you know our bass player jake actually works for justin vernon's uh hotel slash restaurant that he just opened in town and oh yeah yeah um so he does it's cool he does a lot for the the city and it's cool that more people besides him are doing things for the music scene um and, and constantly trying there's another band called arms aloft uh that's a great punk band from uh from eau claire and you know they'll play uh as much as they can you know and uh it's just a fun scene yeah well i, I really like I, I like your description of that because i do think in you know the years like basically anybody that you know tours consistently and plays mm-hmm. shows like you said you know sea markets it's like most people you know that don't tour don't know what that means but you know sea markets is you know small towns but like mm-hmm. if you do have a you know local scene that has been you know cultivated in some capacity those shows are infinitely better than you know your new york cities or la because people are so inundated with music and culture there whereas you know eau claire you can go through there and be like dude why are there a hundred kids here and they're all freaking out like this is amazing and they're all like you said because the enthusiasm is there where they haven't seen it like day in and day out yeah, I feel like they just, they appreciate it a lot. You know, if you play LA, there's, you know, 50 other awesome things that happen, especially on a weekend to whereas like Eau Claire, you're choosing between, you know, going to the lake during the summer or coming to a hardcore show or going to a folk show or, you know, going out with your parents boating. Like, you know, it's, it's, 
I think less is more sometimes in some of these places where there isn't a hundred things for, for kids to do every single night. Not that there's not a lot to do in Eau Claire, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really appreciative scene, which is awesome. Well, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's a, that's a really important point. It's cool that, you know, I also like the fact that, you know, you take the responsibility yourself as well for being like, hey, you know, we want to be able to have bands come through here. And like you said, you know, you show them around and, and show them that there is something, you know, valuable here as opposed to just, you know, oh, here's a random show. And I, I love that attitude. Yeah, there's there's more to Wisconsin than the Green Bay Packers beer and cheese, although all three of those things are great. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, it's, it's something I wanted to pick your brain on as well because, um, you know, you, you guys have been around since like 2012, um, and you, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely put you in the category of a band that, you know, you were a, a quote-unquote working-class band where it's like, you know, clearly mm-hmm. you're in a position where, you know, people are starting to know your name and you're starting to get some momentum, but, you know, you by no stretch of the imagination are like oh cool we're gonna play in front of 500 kids most nights on tour it's like that's not yeah that's for not sure <laughs> so like you know something that i find interesting where you know you don't a lot of people as they start bands and start to you know get out there you don't realize how much work it is until like you're in the middle of it um oh yeah is, is that something that kind of happened to you guys where you're just like you know you feel constantly on the grind in a good way but I'm sure in many respects, like, oh, wow, this is, uh, I guess, a lot harder than maybe what it seems like because you you just maybe see other bands pop off immediately. I think the thing about Conveyor that, that works well, we knew what we were getting into before we started. We'd all, you know, we'd all played in different bands. Like our drummer, John, played in Life in Your Way um, that was on Solid State. And I had previously played in a band called With Life in Mind from the Philly area. And Jared also played in that band uh, in you know, had played in a band called All's Quiet. So like, and and Danny had previous touring experience as well. Like we all came from bands that already had work ethics. So, um, you know, I think it, it, it's something that a lot of bands, I don't think, especially young bands, um, don't really take into account, like how much work, like you said, goes into this. Like you have to be willing to, to take risks and to take some financial losses sometimes to, to just get your name out there. And, uh, you know, we've been, like you said, uh, we actually started in 2011, but really didn't like, you know, do a ton until 2012, 2013, uh, is when we really started touring. Um, but we, you know, the past three years have, have been on the road, you know, a hundred, to 190 days like per year and um that's all just trying to get your name out there and and grind like you know you know we, we might have a, a label behind us but we still book ourselves we still manage ourselves you know everything that that happens tour wise for us is from us you know putting in the work and i think that that's that's something that i take a lot of pride in in terms of you know getting to see where our fan base actually is and like interacting with those people one-on-one like i think that that's something that a lot of kids you know want to start a band and and be like oh well we need a booking agent right away or we need management or you know let's record these two demos and try to get signed off it and it's like that's not how it really works it it might work like that for for some people but 
you know, the, the best thing for young bands to do is get out there and represent themselves and book shows. Like, you know, even if that's just gaining skills of talking to, to promoters and seeing what your band is actually worth in their eyes, that's, that's a very valuable, uh, lesson in a young band's like career so um for us we just we want to keep working hard and you know obviously we would love to be you know on package tours and um you know playing in front of a couple hundred kids a night but you know in some markets it is it is that way for us but you know in some markets like we played a, a last minute show a couple weeks ago in Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada, and there was, you know, probably 11 people there. And it was, it was still one of those things that those 11 kids were there and they wanted to be there. And then we played hockey after the show and it was a blast. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, um, that I, I really, really, not to interrupt your train of thought, but I really like that, uh, the painting of that picture because it, it is, you never know what those sort of shows would be able to do for you because like you know those 11 people are going to feel a very deep and personal relationship to you know you guys the music oh, yeah. you create and then who knows how that actually reflects off that particular you know city the next the next time you randomly get a chance to play there um you know just it, those relationships you'll, you'll you'll probably hold for you know the rest of your life where you're like oh yeah you know joe from you know we played hockey after the show or whatever and it's like a really meaningful yeah yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where I think there are two types of bands in that situation. If if you're playing a place that has eleven people, there's the one band um, that pouts and they're just like, "Why are we even doing this? This is you know, this is stupid." And then there's the band that's like, "You know what? There's eleven kids that wanted to be here." Uh, seeing bands that have never been to our town like that, that's not a, a town especially like Grand Prairie that's like uh, an oil town like it, it's a pretty new town in terms of like how much it's booming so the, the fact that even anyone knows who our band is in that town is is pretty mind-blowing um, and it was you know on a week's notice like a promoter was like hey I saw your Kelowna show uh, fell through like come play you know we'll, we'll pay you and it's I've seen and I'm sure you have seen bands that we both hold in high regard play to to that many people and it's like they either are pouting and leave a bad taste in your mouth for them acting you know like little bitches <laughs> or they're like you know we ended up talking for two hours after the show and those are people that I like you know really hold in high regard now you know i've seen i've seen misery signals play you know in front of 30 people and it, it was in a in a basement and it was one of the coolest shows that i've ever seen and that's something i'll never forget yeah absolutely those are uh, yeah truly meaningful things like you said when when people show up with the right attitudes and are not just like oh this is a terrible show like yeah of course it's going to happen to you and there's time right. you're going to not want to be there but uh, more you know as long as you're putting forth the best effort and you're just like hey like i'm here why why should i not make this the best night possible you know as opposed right. as opposed to going the other way like whatever i hate my life and like yes you have those moments but you know don't let it consume you <laughs> well if if those kids go and tell two people um and they tell two people you know the next time you come through there could be a hundred people at that show so yeah. it's just 
you got to be the best version of your band every night that you can possibly be, no matter what's going on in your life that day. And, you know, no matter who's there, because those are listeners that, that you could be tapping into. Those are people that you could have a long standing connection with. And that's, that's kind of just the way that, that we look at things. And, you know, maybe we're weird for thinking like that. And maybe we're weird for, for being content, you know, after, you know, this is the seventh year of this band still playing shows in front of that few people. But, you know, for us, it's, it's about a little bit more than that. We have, you know, a message that we feel strongly about and we'll, we'll take that to wherever we need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, uh, last two things I want to hit on was the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. your, your guys' partnership with, uh, with Victory. Um, you know, I'm sure when they approached you guys, there was, uh, you know, times where you were like, is this a good decision? I don't know if we should sign with this label. Should we wait around? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, there's a lot that goes into that just because, you know, the victory, both good and bad, has a reputation that precedes them. Um, but, oh, definitely. you know, but, uh, you know, I, I know you guys weren't approaching that with, you know, blinders on or anything. So, you know, <laughs> how did that, you know, how did that kind of bounce around your heads when they approached you guys? I mean, I'm sure in the same respects it happens to every band when a label approaches them where it's like, oh, wow, this is exciting. But then like, wait, hold on. We should like talk about this and like figure it out. Yeah, definitely. So we were, uh, Mike Howes, who is in charge of, uh, in charge of head of sales for them, um, hit us up and we were, we were actually pretty deep into discussions with a couple of other labels, um, like at contract stage actually. So, um, they hit us up and we were about to go into the studio to record when given time to grow. And, like literally probably a week and a half before maybe even just two weeks um and they just you know mike had been like hey i really like you know your your first record worn out a lot uh we would love to talk to you guys and um the thing about victory for for me and you know especially the rest of the band is they've put out a lot of our favorite records and um, you know, I went to high school in, in New Jersey and Thursday and taking back Sunday and, you know, with honor, like, and comeback kid, you know, those are the Holy grail, you know, in my opinion. And so it was just cool to, to get that call and, um, and even be talking to them. And they, uh, they had us down to Chicago and, um, you know, pitched to us and, you know, we were kind of blown away by that. And just to see that operation for people, you know, that, that don't have the opportunity to go to victory and walk around, like, you know, it, it's pretty mind blowing how, how big of an operation it is. Like they've got a, a graphics department, a video department, uh, a sales department. They've got, you know, just seeing that for yourself and seeing how many people like they have behind each one of their, their artists and like what goes into that. And like, you know, there's, there's thought behind everything. Like every label has, has bad press and falling outs with, with artists. I mean, you know, Christian labels even have that. So it's, it's one of those things to where I'm a person that I base my own opinions on relationships and experiences. So I don't know what went into some of the ins and outs of those situations. And, you know, uh, I, I don't really care about that stuff. Um, but it's it's definitely a conversation that we had, and um, you know we, we prayed about it for a couple of days, and um, we had 
we had a discussion as as a band and we really felt that the victory was the best place for us and you know it's hard to, to argue what their distribution is compared to a lot of other labels that that are in our uh our genres and represent bands like us so it's you know the fact that they have been doing it for such a long period of time and um you know just the way that we felt when we were there it felt like that was the right you know fit for our band and um they've been great to us it, it you know, I think a lot of people ask that question to us, and right. we we couldn't be happier. Um, you know, the the people there. If we have a question, like it's always answered within five minutes. And you know, if we need something, even on weekends, like you know, I can shoot you know somebody a text, and you know, if they're free, they'll they'll shoot me a call. Or they get back to me like as soon as they possibly can. So it's it really is great. Like every time we go through Chicago, it's always great to stop in and and see everyone and. Uh, you know, we shot a video like the day before we left for this tour and, you know, just, it was so much fun just being there and seeing people that we haven't seen for, for a couple months while we've been writing. So yeah. we, we genuinely love being a part of the, the label and are very blessed. It's pretty surreal just to go there and see our album artwork, you know, next to, to with honor and comeback kid and, right, right. you know, hate breed. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, and the last thing I want to hit on was the, um, you know, the, uh, I guess the, the exposure that you guys had to independent music, like, uh, you know, how did that, um, I guess, how did you guys decide that you really wanted to, um, you know, kind of go on the road that you're on in regards to the, you know, melodicish hardcore that you guys are doing just because, you know, clearly there's a lot of different ways you guys could have gone. Was that just kind of a, a mutual appreciation for that particular style? Yeah, I think all of us kind of found, you know, hardcore and melodic hardcore differently. Um, I, I actually found it, there was an old, um, there was like a Christian music station. I wish I knew, it wasn't like Sky Angel or something like that, but my, my grandparents had um, this channel. They used to live in Arkansas, and me and my cousins would stay up like, you know, at like midnight or 1 a.m. It would change to like, you know, uh, hardcore and metal like music videos, and they just happened to be like faith based bands. So I saw Stretch Armstrong and, you know, Figure Four like in middle school, and I was just like, you know, I was into bands like Seven Dust growing up, but like I'd never actually heard, you know, hardcore band until then. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so sick. And like everyone else that was like staying up for it, they're like, you can't even understand them. And I like, something just hit me i was just like this is what i've been searching for so you know going to to school in, in new jersey for high school and, and middle school was uh was such a cool uh experience for me because there's always shows going on and uh you know i grew up uh playing sports like as much as i possibly could but as soon as like football season was done i knew i had like um you know like all of the all of december and all sports and like most of the summer that I could you know every weekend try to find a show that was happening and you know uh, was very fortunate to be within you know 20 minutes to Philly and you know VFW Hall's shows were popping off all over in New Jersey and New York City was an hour and a half and Baltimore was an hour so just getting like to dive into it at you know kind of an early age was was all that I needed to know that that was the that was the type of music that I wanted to play and 
you know any aspirations that I had before that I, I just threw out the window I'm like I have to do that <laughs> right um, but the the rest of the guys like Danny has has an interesting story he uh, he spent a good chunk of his life in Hawaii and uh, his mom somehow signed him up for like a victory sampler um, and he got one and just you know popped it in not knowing what independent music or, or hardcore was and like that that just kind of changed his his life and that's you know how he knew that he wanted to do this stuff but in terms of like how conveyor decided that we wanted to be a melodic hardcore band it's it's something i kind of started writing for you know by myself before i even had members um and i knew like you know some of my favorite bands were you know as cities burn and saints never surrender and um you know bands like that just that had so much passion in their music and um that's all uh, all i wanted from from this band and the fact that we're about to put out our third you know full length and we had a couple eps before that is just it's cool that we've been uh, able to explore as much as we had and you know we have uh, five guys that, that genuinely care about this this project and i'm i'm really excited to see what happens on this record cycle that's awesome man yeah that's really cool well ty i really uh, appreciate you hanging out and uh yeah thanks for giving me the uh the, the snapshot of uh oh absolutely what it's like to be in the band <laughs> For I don't know, for a couple of years, I was uh, working and helping with uh, No Sleep Records. Not like I always have caveats on it because I, w- I was like I wasn't working there full time, but I was doing like consulting work, as slimy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> but I, I was just like you know I was helping Chris out and try to figure out you know what bands to sign and you know just helping with the business side of things. And I 100% remember you guys sending your like promo pack to the label. Yeah, and I remember listening to it in the office. And I was like, I was just like, I was like, I was impressed. I was like, this is really, really good. Like, this is awesome. 
But the conversation that we were having was like, but these guys sound like everything that we have on the label right now. It's hard for it'd be hard for uh, us to like bring a band like you guys on because we had so many bands that were you know doing similar things to what you guys were doing. Um, for sure. Did you find that kind of? Uh, I guess emblematic of your, you know, your beginnings where so many people were just like, Oh, citizens cool. But like, they sound like every other band out there. Or was that something that, um, you know, that you guys just didn't notice because obviously you were just kids trying to do your own thing. Um, honestly, I, I didn't really notice at the time, but I just, I know now, obviously we were just, you know, when you first start a band, you, you're kind of confused at the identity of the band. You're just, everything's new, you know, I never, I never played in a band um, like Citizen before, so um, ev- you know everything we did was just pretty much what we were listening to at the time. We we <laughs> you know we were like seventeen years old, so right. It, it is interesting when you know when you're younger, you usually you start a band because you're heavily influenced by you know other bands that you want to sound like and emulate. Where you're like, all right. I want to sound like, you know, stri- yeah. strife meets, uh, like throwdown, like, or whatever, you know, you just like, yeah. <laughs> you pull, you pull like an older band and a more, you know, contemporary band. And you're like, let's make a combo that sounds like this. Like do a nice little hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Pretty much. You don't have your own. I mean, I'm sure everybody's different, but uh, we didn't have an identity. We were just like, Oh, we like this and this is cool. So let's, yeah, exactly what you said. <laughs> combine, <laughs> combine. You know, so sure, know. sure. No, that's cool. I mean, and plus too, you should be given the space to figure out what you sound like. You know, as you go as you go on, as opposed to you know, you come out with your first demo and you're like, oh my god, this is like the most original thing I've ever heard. Like that just yeah. that doesn't happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it's funny that when you're first you're first writing songs, you just the simplest things is like are like the coolest things ever like i could you know when i was 16 i i could write a song that was just g c g c g c back and forth and i was just like mind blown right. you know because everything was just so new to me i like couldn't even i thought i wrote like the greatest song in the world you know it's, <laughs> it's pretty funny no it's very that's a very good point cuz you when you feel like you're doing these things at a, you know, relatively young age, like, you know, putting together a song, like, you know, you tell a 13 year old that and you're just like, that is, I, I can't write a song. And then when, yeah. you, then when you do, it's like, Oh dude, get out of here. I'm like, I'm like the most talented musician on the planet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just so sweet, you know? Yeah. that's and, true. And then now I find myself like everything just feels old. You know, I'm like, not that I've not that I've like lost a spark or feel like I've lost a spark, but like when I go to to play something, I just you know I don't I guess I don't like come up with as much stuff as quick because I'm just like no 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 you know and then but back then I could just play the first thing and then bam there's a song you know yeah you totally. Just, yeah. So right, right, <laughs> yeah, <it's definitely, laughs> yeah. Because then you know, as you grow older, as a you know songwriter, song creator, you always have those conversations in your head of like, okay, like you know, do we do we lean on the stuff that we're like really comfortable with, or do we you know forge a new path that like bumps people out? But you know, who knows? We may pick up people who have never cared about our band in the past. It's like that's such that's such a delicate balance to to hit. 
Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's really important for bands to try new things. You know, you see all these, you see a lot of bands that are like popping off and good for them, and then they never change, and then it seems like everything just kind of dies out. You know, like mixing th- mixing things up. I feel like is the best way to go. Like if you're gonna, of course you're gonna lose fans but i mean they can just listen to the old record that they like if they really <laughs> they want to cry about it that much you know yeah yeah they'll, so. they'll just they, they can just wait for the 10 year anniversary tour of that record yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so i think what my i play in a band citizen and uh we you know we released that record youth what well, we were about 18 when we wrote that and then we released a record called Everybody's Going to Heaven, which was pretty much just us um, just trying something, I guess. I don't I don't really know. We didn't, we just didn't want to do the same thing again, you know? Yeah. And, um, we, we got a lot of crazy feedback about that, like a lot of uh, people shit talking. <laughs> of course, like, like we wanted... We want another youth, right? Another youth, you know, and like all that, which was expected. Well, we uh, we mentally prepare ourselves for that. We were like, we know this isn't going to be received very well, but I think it's um, important to make a statement, you know, that we're not, you know, nobody's entitled to tell a band what to do mm-hmm. in particular, you know. So, I mean, we play everybody's going to heaven songs live, and it goes over really well. I think just a lot of you know people on the internet are pretty ruthless i feel like even if someone likes something they'll like be really mean anyway <laughs> just because that's what people do on the internet it's pretty- it's easy to be snarky on the internet but i mean that that is a really good point or just the, or the idea of you know because i would definitely label that record a transition record you know not even knowing the new material that you guys have been working on to compare what this that record was versus what you're writing now but you always have to time uh that transition record where it's like either a band might be you know too young trying to insert that into their career and then like you said you know people you know talk crap and you know move on from the band or it's like it's at the the perfect time where that band is allowed to do that like you know a band i a band i always cite is like thrice you know like clearly they you know release a very very popular record when they sign to a major label artist in the ambulance and then you know they released Fahisu, which like it just bombed out their fan base like universally like no one sure. no one liked that record <laughs> but it was like at that point they were able to shake off like okay here are the people that just want to hear us play like you know these sort of poppy punky hardcore songs but like here's us trying to flex our muscles as musicians and uh you know if you're not along for the ride then like so be it but the people that are left standing there are the ones who are actually going to you know be there for us like to your point where you're not just popping off for a record you're popping off for hopefully multiple records like on a maybe a smaller scale for sure for sure yeah uh, but kind of you know pull, pulling the focus back and you know kind of uh focusing it on you uh you were were you born and raised in toledo is that where you came up I was born in Toledo and raised in uh, Lambertville, Michigan, which is like, you know, I, I could stand in Lambertville and throw a rock south and there's Toledo. It'll land in Toledo. You know, it's right on the right on the border. So, so I uh, just I just bought a house in Toledo, like right on the Michigan line. 
you know, I just don't want to be, all my family lives in Lambertville and stuff, so I don't want to be too far away from them. Nice. But the uh, Ohio tax is cheaper than Michigan tax, so, you know, got to be smart. <laughs> hey, per- personal finance 101, man. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Well, that, that's, uh, that's exciting. You bought a house. Congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I love it. Me and my girlfriend living in it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, so. that's, that's, a, that's a big first step. It's, a, it's always a terrifying when you enter that world of like, uh, you know, mortgages and paperwork and you're just like, oh, God, I'm a child. I have no idea what I'm doing. And then yeah, it's, it's, you, the, you figure the, it out. The process is definitely overwhelming. But, in, you know, the, the bigger picture is you're, you're paying just as much as you would to rent a place except you're investing in in a place you know like if i were to turn around and sell this house three to five years from now for more than i bought it for i made a profit and i lived somewhere for free for three to five years you know what i'm saying totally whereas whereas if you're just renting you're just throwing money in the trash yeah, and just burning money in a corner right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i i wrote out the whole uh, living with family members thing for for a good while before I was finally like okay I think I'm I think I'm ready for this you know and right. the the whole the loan process was really annoying there's there are times I was just like I don't even I don't even care anymore like I don't because <laughs> like it's just it's like going to the DMV DMV one thing after another they're like yeah we now we need this form we need this form we need this statement you know we need copies of all your checks from may 2015 and like it's just so annoying and i'm like i was like touring so i like couldn't get her the information as fast as she wanted i was getting really frustrated there are times where i was just like fuck it i don't even care <laughs> like i'll just fucking live in my uncle's basement yeah <laughs> I, I think you know yeah totally everybody gets to that point where it's just like they you know you feel like it's it's them doing it on purpose to just like basically get you off of uh, the idea of buying a house. You're just like, you're seriously putting up so many obstacles in front of me for this. Like, can we call them? Yeah. yeah. Like just chill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, the, um, and so, I mean, the only experience I ever had to, with Toledo was, um, the, uh, like lumberjack distribution, which I don't know if you're familiar with that place at all, but that was, mm. ba- so lumberjack was basically like this huge, um, you know, a distributor of like every independent record label from, you know, like I would say maybe mid nineties until like early two thousands. It was also like doghouse records was affiliated with them. So, you know, they put up get up kids and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. um, but I remember visiting their offices in Toledo and I just remember Toledo in general, just being kind of like, Oh yeah. So that's Toledo. Like it, it it's like quintessential Midwestern town. Like, do, yeah. do you have that kind of experience with, uh, with Toledo where it's like, I'm, I know you have an affinity for it, but like, does it feel kind of like, a lot of other midwestern towns yeah there's a there's there's just nothing really that special about it it's just kind of here you know i don't people when they come to toledo like i record bands and stuff when bands come they're like well you know what what's there to do around here and i'm just like uh, <laughs> i don't know go to the mall i guess you know we got laser tag go <laughs> yeah. play laser tag or something there's I mean, the downtown is pretty cool. It's right on the river, so it's really nice. The river is disgusting, though. You jump in it, you'll eat a girl with third testicle or something, you know? Right, right, totally. <laughs> um, and, so, and what was your family structure like? Like, were mom and dad in the house? Do you have brothers and sisters? Um, yeah, I got, I got uh, four siblings. 
But my brother is my only uh, full-blooded sibling. Sure. Sibling. I got an older sister who was with, um, you know, some a different dad, and then I got two younger sisters that they were with another dude. So we we had a pretty pretty crazy house growing up, and it was um, my dad. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I never lived with my dad. I just lived with my mom, and um, she she's had two husbands, you know over the course of me of 18 years and me living there. And, um, I don't know. Our house is, uh, was pretty, there's like no rules. I don't know how to explain My mom works a lot, you know? Yeah. So, so I just lat- latchkey kid in a way. No, no, okay. no. Um, I would just do whatever I wanted. It was I, <laughs> when I think about it now, it's kind of fucked up, but like back then I loved it. You know, I would like, sneak out of the house i knew i would never get caught you know i could i could have as many friends over as i wanted you know it did like nothing really mattered so yeah um my mom just works a lot you know yeah oh totally no i get it and and what uh at what age did uh your i guess biological parents divorce was it pretty early in your life yeah when i was like three or so got it got it I don't really remember exactly three or four. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm the same way. Like my parents got divorced when I was f- four, I want to say. And, um, yeah, it was because my dad was, you know, fooling around on the side, but, um, uh, but classic. Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, total, <laughs> total classic divorce story. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. Then my mom's like, you know, throwing his clothes out in the lawn and stuff like that. You know, it's like real, real like soap opera stuff, but you know, that was real, yeah. that was real life at the time. Um, but so the, uh, I mean, did, did you end up creating a relationship with your father as well? Or he basically was kind of, you know, ducked out of the picture and you just kind of saw him occasionally. Um, I mean, me and my dad are tight now. Um, I don't, I don't remember. I, I didn't talk to him for a few years and that wasn't mine or his, my or his choice. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I must've been like seven, seven or eight or somewhere around there where I, um, I like went through my mom's like file cabinet and found my dad's number and called him behind my mom's back and like relinked, you know? And, uh, I, the first time I talked to him in years, I didn't know what to say. And I remember I was just like, cause my mom, when they went through a divorce, my mom kind of, grilled him with like taking his cash you know what i'm saying and uh i was like uh so (laughs) where do you work and then he he his tone of voice was just like you don't need to know that and i was like oh you know because my dad was kind of like he wasn't mean but he was uh maybe cold yeah he didn't he didn't fuck around for (laughs) sure and if you fucked up he like kind of let you know that you're a dumbass and uh he's not like that anymore though he's he's like the coolest dude ever he's definitely like lightened up and i i hang out with him all the time you know um he actually helped me um remodel some the house that i bought he, oh nice he's like a, a big handyman so he's a cool dude and uh so yeah i guess and my mom was pretty upset about that um, so was my, my stepdad at the time. Cause he like thought that he like replaced 
him as the father figure and then there i go like behind it behind their back like getting a hold of my actual dad you know (laughs) so oh yeah they were like that's messy yeah they were like pretty pissed but like i mean what are they going to say to me really you know well yeah i mean because that's the i I mean i I really appreciate you sharing all that because i I think it's uh i mean clearly there are so many people that are, are from divorced families and like the uh, fractures and fissures that, you know, the departure of either a mother or father in, you know, a family relationship, just, you know, there's so many, so many things that unless you've actually experienced it, like you just don't think about it, you know, like, uh, like, Oh yeah. Like your stepfather would be bummed at that. Like, you know, no one would think about that, but they'd be like, Oh yeah. Like, but ultimately it's like, you know, the messiness of human relationships where it's like, well, yeah, like maybe, you know, your, your dad wasn't ready to have a relationship with you. And then all of a sudden, like you're this, you know, grown boy and an adult and then start to like, start to have all these interesting things going on. And he's just like, Oh, interesting. And then, <laughs> and then you can have a relationship with them. You know, that's a, that's a, at the end of the day, that's a pretty meaningful thing. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Everything's all good. You know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. And so did yeah. you, did you, uh, did you have a close relationship with your step siblings and your, uh, biological sibling as well? Yeah. Me, uh, my brother, Chris, he like plays music and stuff. He actually, he went to college for like five, five or six years, maybe I think five years to, um, become a teacher and then, um, graduated and then immediately got a job at a casino that requires no college education making more money than he would be a teacher. <laughs> so he was pretty bummed out. And then he started taking uh, music more serious and he quit that job. And now he, he just bought a van. He, he wants to start touring and stuff. So me and me and Chris are, uh, we're real tight. My, uh, my younger sisters, I, um, I'm close with one of them, I guess. The other one is, um, going through a phase <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, sure. she's what well, she's like, 13 or 14 i don't know she's just always glued to her phone i'll I'll like walk i'll walk in the room and she won't even look at me or say hi i have to be like hey (laughs) you know for her to be like oh hey and then that's that's all i get you know totally but but the older one of those two uh is really cool she uh she's i think she's 16 or 15 or 16 then i got an older sister amber who i don't really talk to that much but you know when we do talk to each other it's pleasant it's not sure and what and what did your um if i remember correctly uh, from the uh run for cover small talk video is the uh so your your mom was a radio personality uh and that's kind of what she yes that's what she did for a living um and so yeah. that, that's why she was always you know kind of out at uh, hours where you might typically be home because she's doing the radio show yeah she was she's always i mean i like I, I can't even keep up with her. She's like doing so much, <laughs> so much shit. Even now, she's just like she's starting so many businesses and like making all these projects. And I, I just like I don't even know what's happening. You know what I'm saying? It's just she's she's really scatterbrained and does so much at once. I don't know, I don't know how she does it, and it it just exhausts me even thinking about it. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. And so then, uh, you know, as you started to grow up and, and develop your identity personally, um, 
you know, what kind of kid did you find yourself being as you started to, you know, go through high school? Like, were you, you know, were you a sports dude? Were you, you know, had had music really kind of uh, grasp you at that point? Or, you know, were you outgoing? Where did you uh, kind of classify yourself? Um, well, I wasn't the sports guy. I, I was a sports kid when I was really young, and then I quit. I hated waking up early on Saturdays. And so I, I, I played hockey for a little bit. I quit that. I played um baseball for a little bit i quit that just because I, I hated going to the practices you know and uh, i loved i loved music um slipknot was like my favorite band when i was like seven <laughs> or eight or some like crazy young age um i also loved lincoln park and shit sure. but you were a big um, you were a big new metal kid oh yeah new metal to the core so like you know? like were, were you uh like did you go even deeper into you know bands of that genre or were you like kind of you know what was sort of you know the biggest bands of that genre you were the ones that were paying attention to mainly that because i was so young i didn't really know how to dig sure. especially back then when the internet wasn't as crazy like i had dial up i i uh right. i mean i like i like seven dust a lot okay uh mud vein system of a down just pretty much like the surface level surface level shit i wasn't i wasn't like some obscure new metal guy you know well, I, and uh only reason i ask is because anytime anybody brings this up i always like to discuss there's two bands in particular that i just for whatever reason like just i still can listen to the records and find a lot of value out of them the, the first hubis tank record the self-titled record yep love it dude so sick the guitar <laughs> the guitar work at it is unbelievable like yeah. you could straight up put like uh you know screaming vocals on it and you could be like that could be modern day counterparts or something like that it's like <laughs> anyways there's that that band, there's that band and then this other band called trust company did you ever remember that band yeah was it downfall yes. is that the one absolutely yeah. Thank God. that's the old that's the only song i know no. he has like the, like the whisper vocals absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah no, for sure. well that's cool i i just i i always uh am, am glad when people have gone through that uh musical genre just because uh, you know i think it gets unfairly maligned in a lot of places i mean now not so much because people are like oh yeah dude i've always loved corn it's just like yeah, it's bullshit i don't believe you've always liked corn like you just maybe yeah. came around to it the last three years but yeah anyway. it's like cool it's like cool to like that stuff now it, um totally Whereas people used to dog on it all the time. You know, I mean, when I, when I hit like age 13, like all my friends were listening to like metalcore and shit, you know? So like, I like went through like this, like metalcore phase. And then it's funny that, um, all the music that I used to like when I was like nine, you know, like Slipknot and Mudvayne and shit, um, I still like now. But that like whole metalcore phase, I just like can't, I can't get into it anymore. You know, I, I like respect to you if you dig it and I, I, I don't hate it, I guess. But like, I can't like pop on something I used to listen to when I was like 14 and be stoked about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's just, so- yeah. There, there's, there are certain genres in people's heads that, um, you know, age well. Or like you can maybe still listen to it, but like have like the, a nostalgic feeling. But like qualitatively speaking, you listen to it and you're like, yeah, this is this is terrible. This is like, yeah, no, I, like, right. What I, is I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Whereas, yeah. yeah, where it's like you know 
bands that were successful in the mainstream were successful for a reason where it's just like, yeah, these, the, you know, system of a down are not slouch, slouch musicians. Like they're, unbelievable. Yeah, they're fucking sick. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> totally. Totally. They're, they're just crazy, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so I, I always liked, I was always, I always liked music, you know, like singing with a, pretending to be on stage with a toothbrush naked in front of the bathroom mirror. Nice. Like before I was taking a shower and shit, just fucking rocking out. And, uh, I, um, have this weird fascination with, uh, ninjas still to this day, kind of. So I always wanted to be a ninja, but I don't think that is possible. <laughs> and, all, uh, you gotta have a lot of training. And I, and I always liked, uh, I'm a big fan of Mortal Kombat. And, uh, so, I always thought it would be cool to like make a video game or something, but nice. that, that, that shit's just so hard. As a matter of fact, I've been trying to make a video game uh-huh. for like the past month on and off and I've failed, you know, every time I, it's not even like you can't like fail making a video game right, yeah. over and over again because it takes a really long time to just make one. Right. But I'll like try to make a simple game just so I could just like dip my toes in mm-hmm. and I, I spend like three hours like fucking with shit and get nowhere. So I pretty much just restart Maybe like every three days I, I like get <laughs> the spark and I'm like, here I go, you know? And then, and then I fail. <laughs> but are, are, so are you, are you actually like, you know, attempting to program the, like this is like that. That's what you're, you're spending so much time on. Are you like, you know, writing it in regards to like, you know, you're trying to develop a story. No, I'm trying to program, like, okay. do the code do the and code. stuff. Sure, sure. I'm, like, I, I just want to do, like, a simple game. Like, I have this idea where um, it's a cannon. It's at the – this could already be a game. I don't know. But <laughs> sure. it, it's, a, it's a cannon at the bottom of the screen. Um, you control the direction of the cannon. And then a, a basket is up in the air moving left and right left and right and you got to shoot something up at the right time in the right direction and have it land in the basket and then with every time you get it in the basket goes a little faster or changes direction you know what i'm saying Absolutely. so i feel like that yeah that that would be a a simple idea that i could eventually get if i just if i just try really hard but i've tried to make it several times <laughs> and i failed every time i was trying to make it like a a citizen game where you shoot members of citizens heads out of the cannon trying to make it in the basket right i love i love that no, that i i just really I, I really like you walking me through that just because that uh I people that are into things like this uh, of that level it makes me so happy because you know like I'm sure you've toured with many bands that are like this where you know you meet some people and then you're just like you're you know you this kind of dad mode kicks in where you're like you're terrified of that person because you're like dude you don't even have like any interests whatsoever besides playing bass for your touring bit like you know they don't they don't seem to and it's not like Oh, you, do you have a plan B? Like you're being practical, but just like, what else do you care about? It's just like, I don't know. It's like, really? Like nothing. You got nothing else? <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like just, you don't have yeah, anything cool. that makes you happy. You know, <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people like that. My, my whole, like, but I mean, my high school, like all my friends were the, the, the football players and stuff. You know, I was like the, I was like the one who didn't play on the football team or the, didn't wrestle that was still um, part of the squad, you know? 
And um, they're all just like, I mean, even looking at them now, like they just, they still just constantly talk about high school and the fucking 2012 playoff game. And they don't do anything besides like sit around and drink, you know, and they, they don't do anything. And I'm just kind of like, um, you're like, like, really? Really? That's it? Like it would just suck to have nothing to be excited about ever, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to work out. That's fun. You know, it, it takes up like an hour every day. And then I, uh, I like to play music and I like to play video games and I like to play softball. I like tennis, you know? So I can, I can really do anything and have a good time or I always have something to look forward to. And I look at some people and they just, they're just content with doing nothing and, um, just, just having no interest. It's weird. It's weird to me for sure. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. Um, so when, when did, uh, I guess more, you know, independent minded music start to come into your life? Um, you know, like shows and that sort of stuff. Was that, uh, I'm presuming kind of in high school where you got started, where you started to see some of that stuff? Um, I actually started playing at, um, like local Toledo venues. That's the question, right? When I start playing shows. Well, or, or, or just get exposed to the idea that there was like, you know, local bands and like, a, a oh, okay. scene, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. When I was like nine, honestly, I, it, I started playing at like local venues and bars when I was like nine or 10, which sounds, That's, it sounds yeah, like that doesn't make any sense to me, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. It sounds crazy to think ever. I mean, everybody in citizen was like, cause we, we've been friends for a long time and you know, we played in, we played in shitty bands and we were just, we were playing out at <laughs> like, there's a venue called Frankie's headliners, you know, headliners is a strip club now, but we, I mean, we were 10 years old rolling up playing with these like 25 year olds, like opening for all these local bands and shit, you know, it was, it's pretty crazy to think about now how, how young we were, we were doing it. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh that's real wild, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, were, were you, were you guys actually like playing, you know, original music or are you just doing like covers and stuff like that? Original music. Wow. It was, I mean, <laughs> did you have a name? Did, did you have a name? Like, did, were you like trying to put up music under this stuff as well? Or were you guys just like, you know, simply just gigging around? Oh, we were, we thought we were going to be huge. You know, what was the, we, uh, <laughs> what was the name of the project? Um, there was a few, there was a few, I, the first band ever was, um, unidentified was the band name. Okay. Because, um, this wasn't with Nick or anybody from citizen, but this was cause I used to, I, my first instrument is drum are the drums. You know, that's what I, um, played in every band besides citizen. And, um, we, I didn't know what to name this band. And my, this kid, Andrew at my school, like saw this like notepad of me writing band names out. I'm presumably a bunch of awful shit. And, uh, he was just like, why don't you just name it unidentified? And I was just like, that's the greatest name I've ever heard. Right. <laughs> wow. yeah. That's great. And I was, yeah, I was, I don't know. It, it was cool though. We, we were just rocking out. We, we were having fun and yeah, that's, um, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, especially when you're that young and you're getting the experience already of like, you know, 
loading in and playing in front of people that you know probably don't care about what you're doing and like just that sort of you know it, it, because at that point you don't care you're just like this is fun this is really cool yeah that's that's all you just want to rock and that's that's the end of it you know right so um and so then you know as you started to you know continue to play and like continue to you know be exposed to the, the local music scene um you know did uh, like punk and hardcore start to kind of you know come into your purview as far as like oh like this is what you know i mean clearly you're straight edge so you got introduced to that like when did that all happen um that's a funny story um straight edge i started claiming straight edge when i was 10 years old i didn't even i I didn't even I, i didn't even know the hard i didn't even know what a hard the hardcore scene was you know i How'd you, I didn't even, how'd, you, how'd you get exposed I, to it then? Davey Havoc? No, 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 okay. no. I, I mean, I, I even loved Throwdown, but I didn't know they were a straight edge band okay. um, like back then. And um, I was playing this video game called Diablo 2, Lord of Destruction. Of course. I it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of like World of Warcraft. Um, it's made by the same makers. But I'm, so it, I'm playing online, and this dude... Um, I, I like make friends with this clan, you know, and I like join their clan. And one, and one of the dudes I like really butt, buddied up with was, um, was his name. His name was like X bleeding through X or something like that. And, uh, we, we would like talk on AIM and his AIM was Adam X edge. And, uh, he's from Virginia beach and, um, he's actually dead now because he, he joined the military, got fucking blown up but which is crazy to think about and uh so in his like aim bio it was like straight edge for fucking life you know and all this shit and i and i asked him i was like what is that and he told me he's like just means you you don't drink or do drugs or do this and you never want to do it and then i was like i'm straight edge (laughs) you know so i started like claving like writing straight edge on everything and like i would like google or whatever yahoo search right straight images and like i just knew like the x was i had no idea it had any any ties to music and um and then the way i found out that it was like tied to music is I was listening to Throwdown while playing Mortal Kombat. I remember this like it was yesterday. Right. And then the song Forever was playing. And then he goes straight fucking edge at the end. And I like pause the game and I'm like, did he just say straight edge? And I like listened to that song like a million times at that point because that was like the song, you know? Right. And uh I was like he and so I like Google the lyrics, I was like what the fuck? And I started like finding all these straight edge bands like Casey Jones and, you know, and I was, and I was just like mind blown. Like I couldn't even believe it. And then that is like when I found out about the hardcore genre, you know, I mean, I, I, during my new metal phase, I really liked hate breed, but Mm -hmm. I I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I, I only liked hate breed because I saw, I will be heard on Headbangers Ball because I used to watch that all the time. Sure, and, and um, I didn't know that they were like part of a hardcore scene or metal hardcore. You know, I just thought they were another one, another band that I liked. You know, yeah, dude. That I uh, I can't tell you how much I love that story. Just because it, it's, I mean, since Straight Edge, you know, has is such a 
it's larger than you know the music scene that it was born out of i find it so interesting when people like yourself share a story about discovering it through like some completely random instance where you know yeah obviously the way you're exposed to it is by you know a hardcore kid but at the end of the day it's like you know you found out about straight edge via diablo 2 which is Uh which is just insane but it's yeah i love i love when people you know kind of come in the you know the back door of edge and are just like oh yeah it's not like oh yeah i listened to minor threat and then i was straight edge it was like oh yeah like this is how i got into it it's like that's so yeah that's so sick i love it yeah i always i've always thought that um you know drinking and smoking was just stupid so when when he told me that i was like i'm straight edge as hell you know <laughs> yeah like, dude i was i was born edge man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny. It was funny because, I mean, like I said, I was friends with all the, all like the jocks, and uh, they would always see the straight edge thing. And you know, at, at one point, all of these like normal farm town people were like claiming straight edge because I started claiming straight edge. You know, l- literally none of them are left, but right. It, you know, like in seventh seventh grade, uh, people were like, "What's that?" And then I would tell them, and they're like. I'm fucking strange. People would be like, it's, it's hilarious to think about. Cause like people who, you know, were listening to Nelly regularly were like walking around our junior high with like giant X's <laughs> on their hands and shit all because I, I told them what it was and they're like, well, I don't want to drink or smoke, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I love that because it's also, it's very uh, symbolic of what I like to call kid logic, you know, where it's just like, you're you're not rooted to anything beyond like what's like right in front of you and what makes sense to you you know it's like oh yeah it's you know it's not like some kid that's listening to you know nelly is like oh wait i need to be concerned about what other straight edge it's like what no i just yeah i'm straight edge like <laughs> that makes sense yeah it, it, it's it's super funny to think about now yeah. for sure no that's amazing <laughs> um and so, you know, you played, like you mentioned, a lot of iterations of, you know, different bands as you were, you know, going through high school and everything. Was Citizen kind of your first band that you started to, you know, I guess, play out in regards to touring and you had maybe larger ambitions for as far as like, hey, you know, we'll do a tour and like, you know, maybe we'll put out a seven inch. Um, is that is that accurate? Um, I mean, I, I, I started Citizen because I hated... Um, loading my drums in and out of venues and replacing the heads and replacing the cymbals. So I like started, I started citizen quit my other band that I was playing in and, uh, with no intentions of touring or I didn't, e- I didn't even know what a vinyl was, you know, <laughs> honestly, like, um, I just, uh, was just writing songs for fun. And, um, eventually, um, that other band broke up and Nick and Eric joined. They were like, yeah, we'll join. And, and then everything just kind of, we weren't really searching for anything. Honestly, it all just kind of fell into our, we got really, I, I think we got really lucky and we met, we met the right people and made the right friends. And it just, everything somehow fell into place. I, I had no intentions of ever touring. I, I wanted to go to college for, to be for mechanical engineering. Um, I mean, and, and that even, even when we did our first tour, our first full U S was right after, like a month after I graduated high school, I was 18. 
and even then I was just like, Oh, I'm going to do this tour. And then I'm going to college after this tour, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Right. I was you had you had ambitions uh, that you know were completely separate from whatever the band would or wouldn't accomplish. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like realistically. I didn't think anybody would ever care about anything I was doing, like music wise. Uh-huh. And uh, so we did that tour, and it actually went. It was with Turnover back when we were young guns, just coming out. And uh, and you guys play. We, sorry to interrupt your train of thought, but you played Chain Reaction, right? Not on that tour, oh, but we okay. played. We played Chain Reaction for the first time a year after that tour. That's why, okay, because that's when I first saw you guys. So, anyways, but that yeah, continue. Yeah, and um, the tour did really well. We were pulling, you know, I mean, our first tour ever. We're pulling uh, around a hundred people, like in you know in in big markets, and then around you know fifty, sixty people in the smaller markets, which I think um, was awesome, you know. But um, it was eight weeks, eight and a half weeks long. I wanted to fucking die. It was in the middle. It was in the middle of summer. Everything was just so miserable. And I remember, like, probably a week into it, I was like, I never want to do this again. I'm like so miserable. You know, I hate this. Yeah. I can't. I can't work out. I'm eating so bad and not enough. Like, because at, at the time, I was like really concerned with being a big guy you know i i was i was always uh really skinny growing up and i like got into lifting weights and i became one of like the big kids after that and i really wanted it to stay that way which now i'm not as concerned about i just want to be healthy and athletic you know but yeah i was like i'm not eating enough this sucks and i'm not i'm not getting my my twelve thousand calories a day this is terrible right yeah exactly yeah. like all that shit like i'm i hate i hate this and so we got back we got back from that tour and i um i like went to i went to university of toledo and i was about to um you know enroll and all this shit and i was like exploring my options and um we um linked up with avange on that tour our first tour ever she she was she was new you know she just started her, she wasn't new but she just started her own company mm-hmm. she was like i think you know you guys are young and i you know like i, I want to work with you and all this stuff and we said yeah and then i like didn't at at the time i didn't tell her that i didn't like plan on touring you know and so when it came down to it i was like oh i'm going to college i can't tour anymore you know like it was kind of like a really big thing and um i got thankfully persuaded out of it um pretty they pretty much they were just like just like give us like you know give us some time to like take this path and if you really don't like it then go do your thing you know like don't ruin it for everybody and i was like okay all right so that's what i did and then we we recorded youth in 2013 and i remember i still was all fed up i like i just hated touring so much i couldn't stand it and um, right before we went in to record Youth, I, I told everybody that um, I'm quitting after mm-hmm. we record it. Because, um, well, after Warp Tour, because we were already scheduled to play Warp Tour in support of Youth. Right. You know? I was like, hey, after Warp Tour, because Warp Tour is long as fuck, I was like, I was like I'm out. You know, I, I just don't want to. 
And then Yvonne was like, it was all pissed. She's like, well, don't even fucking record the record then. She was like all mad, you know, and all this shit. And I stood by that. I was like, I don't want to do it. But we ended up recording anyway. And um, I think when it, it, it clicked for me when I was like, oh, we can, we can do this is um, what day it was like one of the, it was one of the first few dates of warp tour. Um, we were in California and we just had a, a huge crowd and like people were like, you know, I think the song, the summer was the only one that was out at the time. And like people were like screaming the words to the song. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> you know, I was like, Oh, this is what, this is what it feels like. And I, I, uh, kind of got got excited you know i was like I, I i don't i don't have to like go to college and fucking hate myself you know like to i like i should just ride this out and see where it takes me and i'm glad i just fucking bought a house i, I feel good you know so yeah I'm, uh, no i mean i i not to interrupt your train of thought but like the i, I really like how you laid it out like that because i think that you know most people when they start something, you know, at an early age, especially from a band perspective, um, you don't you don't have any sense that this thing is going to be like you said, you know, not only like you're living because you're like, that doesn't make sense. I'm not going to make a living off of playing, you know, whatever, you know, emo, pop, rock, hardcore, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, th- that that's not sustainable. But I, I really like the fact that, you you know, you felt like you were living in two different worlds because I, I think a lot of people don't even think of that other world, like, you know, the quote unquote real world. Um, and they're just like putting all their eggs in the basket of like, all right, yeah, we're going to tour, we're going to make it, we're going to do this. And then, um, you know, if it doesn't happen, then they feel like, you know, this complete miserable failure and then they don't have anything else like we were talking about earlier that they're passionate about. And so yeah. it's interesting you had to, you know, you had to arrive at that point to be like, oh, th- like be- being an abandoned touring is-, is actually, it's pretty cool. <laughs> like you had to be, yeah. that's cool. Got, like we got a good thing going. I, you know, I didn't realize, um, I mean, I'm sure if I would have actually done what I wanted and quit the band, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't regret it. I don't think because I wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't what, know, right? I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't know what could have happened. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So. The um, had you ever just because you had been, you know, playing around and you know starting Citizen and everything like that, did you always enjoy the business aspect of the band, uh, or was that something that you were you know really glad like once a person like Avange kind of came on and <laughs> was able to oh, relieve some of that I- off you no i hate it okay i hate that stuff it's <laughs> it's frustrating and annoying and it's it's all messy and i don't know i just i i can't stand it and i can't keep up with it i just nick from citizen is always the one that has has done all that like the connections type stuff i mean i i just write songs and um pitch them to the band you know and uh yeah i've Oh my god, I, that stuff is so frustrating. We're, it, like even right now, like Yvonne's just like trying to work out something. I need to like go to New York for something, and it's just like constantly changing and just email after email and just different dates. And it's just like, just fucking tell me. Just don't tell me anything, and then tell me when it's concrete. You know, I'm like getting so frustrated. I hate it. You know, so. I, I, 
I, I pretty much just do what I'm told. And then if I really don't want to do it, I say I'm not doing that. You know? Sure. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that that's cool. I mean, there definitely needs to be um, both both personality types and bands. You know, you need to have one person that might be the acting sort of, you know, bad band dad, band manager, whatever you want to call it. Just the person who's like, oh, I like doing this stuff, you know? Um, yeah. Because, yeah, other... Otherwise, like, yeah, if you have five people that are of the same exact mentality as you, um, you know, nothing may get done. <laughs> because, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very uh, <laughs> grateful for Nick. He he, uh, he does a lot of that. He does a lot of that stuff. And um, even Jake, our drummer now, um, him, him and Nick are like the, the decision makers when it comes to Citizen pretty much. Eric, our bassist, is like the the van mechanic keep up guy you know he he like takes care of the van and uh me and rylan just chill we don't do shit it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're you're, yeah you're you're the talent you know no (laughs) (laughs) yeah we gotta get our rest (laughs) exactly get the vocal rest yeah Um, when you you know once you guys started to you know make a name for yourself and like you said um you know whether it being on warp tour that one year and you starting to realize like oh wow or like our music is really resonating with people um you strike me and maybe this is me just kind of, you know, uh, reading into you as a person too much, but you strike me, you know, as like, you're friendly, but you're also completely content being like, yo, like, don't pay attention to me. Like, I'm not, you know, you're not a guy that like thrust yourself on the limelight. You know, even if you do, that's not a bad thing. I'm not casting judgment on you. Um, but like, were you comfortable with that attention once people started to, you know, kind of be like, Oh, there's, there's Matt from citizen. And like, you know, that whole, uh, that whole can of worms that gets open once you start to, uh, you know, rise to prominence, even if it is uh, small prominence to, um, yeah, it, it never really affected me that much. I don't, I don't think I'm, um, any more special or important than really anybody. Um, I think the main thing that kind of got to me at first when we started getting attention was the shit talk <laughs> at first. Um, like if I would just be like, I remember we played on that turnover tour. We played Texas and I was, I've been, I was bald for a long time. Just fucking no guard shaved my head, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I was on Facebook and, I like came across this Facebook status that was like, just saw citizen fucking, um, worst singer ever, you know? And then this, then some, um, someone like replied and was like, yeah, that dude, that dude, his head looks like a dick. And then another person replied, (laughs) another person replied and they were like, he should fucking kill himself, you know? And like all this shit. And I'm like, Jeez, you know, like I, it was just I, I was so new, and you know, nobody has ever fucking said things like that to you know, or out in public at this point in my life, and I'm just like, oh shit, and like start like you know, like when you're 18 and like people are like pushing your buttons, you like, I mean, at least me, I had kind of a short fuse. And I would just like kind of flip, you know, all the time. So like when, when I saw like negative feedback about citizen and about me, like as a person, like by these people who don't know me, like it, it really kind of got to me at first, you know, it, it, it it doesn't really bother me anymore now. Like I know, well, you know how to to deal with it now, you know? 
yeah i just ignore it you know yeah if you you just don't don't play into it and don't don't get mad like you know you just just ignore it and that's just the best way to go about things but yeah it really bothered me at first but now now i don't mind as much because people are just crazy i mean the internet is fucking crazy straight up people people are crazy there's no other way to put it (laughs) yeah oh for sure i mean it's it's a uh it gives us the best things uh, in the planet and then it also gives us the worst things it's just like there's some you know we obviously couldn't be doing this conversation if it wasn't for the internet i mean we could but it would be hard for me to record on the phone but uh nonetheless (laughs) nonetheless it's uh yeah it's it's just such a continually mind-blowing experience that uh well actually i don't even call it experience it's it's an experiment it's a continually involving experiment that uh, no one has any idea where the end road is Yeah, yeah for sure um this uh, this may seem random, but uh, I so distinctly remember um, when you guys it wasn't on Youth, but it was on uh, it was on the record after that where uh, Run for Cover got a billboard for you guys in Toledo uh, or in Ohio. Yeah, and uh, I just remember it. You know, things like that are you know, I mean, no one is driving by being like, oh, like I'll check out a Citizen record. Like that was de- you know, I mean, yeah, maybe there are some people, but uh, that definitely seemed like a move to be like hey like this is you know we're we're here we're uh you know a band from the area uh we want to make an impression um i i just found it so uh not only cool but it definitely felt like a very uh stake in the sand moment of like all right like citizens are a real fucking deal um was was that something that was kind of orchestrated by you guys and then you know obviously pushing the label or is that something that you guys were just kind of like joking about and then it ended up being a reality like how did it how did we, it all transpire i think and I think that's the coolest thing we've ever done. And uh, I love it. I, like better than putting out records. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was so it was so cool. Straight up, it, it was cool to to have like people I hadn't talked to in like five years. You know, like hitting me up, like, dude, just like I just saw your fucking billboard. You know, I was just like, it, it was pretty cool. There's a right by that uh, billboard. There's a record store called Culture Clash. And, um, I, I may have this wrong, um, but the owner, Pat, he's dead now. He died this year. Rest in peace. Um, was, uh, he was like, I'll, 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 you know, I'll do this billboard for you guys. And, um, and we, we ended up doing like a stripped down session to like promote the release at culture clash records and stuff. Um, so I, I, to my knowledge, I, it, it wasn't our idea. It was, it, I think it was the combination of Pat and run for cover. Like, Hey, this would be cool. Are you guys down? And you know, we didn't think of that. We were just like, Oh shit. Yeah. That'd be sweet. You know? <laughs> totally. Totally. Well, yeah, it's like th- those sort of things like don't make any sense coming from the world that we come from just because it's like, why, why would you get a billboard for, you know, a punk or hardcore, like yeah, just an independent minded band. Like it just seems weird. it's still to this day. Like, you know, I live in orange County, which is, you know, an hour from Los Angeles. And anytime I'm in LA and I drive by like a, a bus bench and I see like, you know, a new deaf heaven record being promoted. I'm like, that's weird, but it, you know, that's just epitaph at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's cool as hell. It is. It's totally cool. It's just still, it's, it's still jarring for me where it's just like, Oh yeah. Like it's, it's obviously much bigger than just the, you know, the little world that, you know, may, we may kind of include ourselves in just because, you know, at the end of the day, this is never mainstream music. So yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, 
the uh you know you, your your solo project that you know you clearly have been doing for you know many years now and are only now just kind of getting it out there in regards to you know putting out records and, and touring and more actively with it um how has that experience uh, been for you putting yourself out there you know even more uh from uh, like hey this is just me and these are just my songs um because you know that's always a nerving thing when you don't have a band to back you up and you're just kind of you know putting putting it all out there uh from that perspective yeah. or was it was it uh, generally speaking uh, an easy process for you to kind of put it out there well um i would always do like little demos or solo songs and just throw them up on my band camp like very sporadically you know i would just i would i would finish a song i would literally write the song record it a second later and then just post it. You know, there was never any like release or I just kind of did it. And then, um, 2015 Evange was like, I, I was just doing all these fun demos just for myself. And, um, I was, I always keep Evange in the loop. I'll send her all the things I do. And she was like, do you want to record a, you want to record an actual release and like do it right? And I was just like, sure. So it wasn't even my idea. It was just me like fucking around showing Evange and she pitched it to me. And, you know, that's what uh, Luna ended up being. And um, which I'm very thankful she pushed that. I, um, I like those songs a lot. I get, um, but as for like feeling pressure, not really. I do kind of hate that I stuck with just using my name as the project because it looks weird on merch and it also makes me feel kind of like conceited in a way, you know, um, like when people, like when I go up to a sound guy and I like hand him my monitors and I'm like my in-ear, you know, like little receiver thing. I'm like, Hey, you know, this he's like, what band you play for? And I'm like, Matt Caracas, you know, it just feels, oh, it's like, makes me cringe when I say I hate it. Well, it's, I mean, I can't tell you how many, uh, solo dudes that have come from the scene that we've come from have that same idea or that, that same wrestling point where it's like, oh, I don't know if I should call it something else or call it myself. And, you know, I, as, as douchey as it, it may feel in certain instances, there's no better way to describe what you're doing than your own name, you know, like, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, unless you're doing something like, you know, soupy from the wonder years where he's doing that, you know, Aaron West and he's like embodying a character that yeah, like the role playing thing. Yeah. It's like, if you were, you know, going up and being Raiden from mortal Kombat, like clearly you should probably, name <laughs> it, you know, you should name it finish him or something like that, but not, <laughs> but not, not your actual name. Cause people would be really confused by that. But yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, I, I guess you're right. It's not, it's not really that bad, but just, just sometimes yeah. pretty much mainly that sound guy scenario. Cause it happens every show or when someone like we were, we were walking up to band practice right before this tour. We just did this solo tour and it was me and my girlfriend, Gabby plays bass um, for those, for those sets. And it's me and her. We're like walking upstairs and into the practice space and some random guy is like, Oh, what kind of guitar you got? You know? And I tell him, he's like, Oh, I have this and this and this. I don't know anything about guitars. So I'm just kind of like nodding my head like, Oh yeah, that's cool. You know? And he's like, what's, what's your band called? And I was just like, 
cringing before I even answered. And I was, and I just said, we're called citizen. <laughs> you know? yeah, a- so I just, I just answered with that because it's just like Matt Caracas. What's your band? Matt Caracas. Oh yeah. And that's me. It's right. my band. You know, like it just feel it just feels so. Yeah, I understand. It feels rock, rock starry, like douchey. I, I totally understand, but yeah, don't, yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself, Matt. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, the uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the uh, you know now since the band has uh, you know ostensibly been your livelihood and you know you're not you know working random jobs like in between tours and stuff like that and now that you've officially like crossed over to this life um, you know is 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 there one of those things that uh, I find that there becomes a I wouldn't say conflict, but you know, when people get into the machine of being in a band and being on tour and all that sort of stuff, you know, you become very disconnected to, you know, the life that you're used to leading and, uh, a lot of the experiences that led to you writing the first couple records, um, you know, just aren't happening anymore. Um, does, is that a thought that kind of goes through your head where you're just like, Oh yeah, it's weird. I'm gone for like eight, you know, seven months out of the year. And then like, now we have to like write a record about like what being on tour. Like that's what we experienced this past, you know, year or whatever. Um, you know, is that, is that stuff that you think about? Um, in a way, I guess I've, I definitely thought about, um, you know, things like that before, like, man, like I wish this thing that really bummed me out would happen again. So I'd have something to write about, you know, or, um, but I think it uh, challenges you to explore different, um, you know, areas of writing. I'm saying that word a lot, but um, that you never have before. Like, you know, I'm I'm with I'm with uh, I've been dating Gabby for over a year, and um, so I I'm not bummed about a girl. So what am I going to write about? You know, so the, um, you, you kind of like look into other things in your life that are maybe, you know, not ideal and maybe family situations or, um, or even, I mean, there's a few songs on the new citizen record about, um, you know, not being content with, um, cause you know, sometimes when you're gone a lot, you feel like, I feel like I'm missing out on, you know, my grandparents' life, you know, the rest of their life, they're getting old, they know they're getting old. And, um, we're like, you know, I was really close with my grandparents. They pretty much raised me. I was with them a lot. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, um, sad to think about, I, I mean, I don't even know what I'm getting at. I'm just like random. I'm just like rambling right now. Well, no, but no, no when, because you're, you're, you're not rambling because you're talking about, you know, the, the things that, um, you know, fr- frankly, I was asking about where it's like if you if you yeah. feel like you're rooted in a, a reality because I mean, touring is not a reality. Touring is like the suspended state of life that is awesome and it's fun and it's enriching and you're meeting all these new people and you know traveling to new places. But then, if you're not connected at all to you know the world that you eventually will end up in you know, after the band is feasibly done and then all the world that you experienced before. So like, no, these, these notions are something that's important to discuss. So yeah, you're, you're not rambling (laughs) for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just think, you know, I never, I never thought about people dying before that I've, um, you know, then I've had friends die and, um, family members. And then, you know, you just, you, you just start to, 
you know, other things become more important than a, a breakup, you know? So I think you, when you challenge yourself to write about, um, other subjects, you, uh, I think that's the best thing you can do. You know, I actually, I, I don't remember. I mean, I don't know the, the username of this dude, but in 2013, I think late 2013, me and my brother released a split and, um, it was like, a, um, a bunch of like solo songs of mine and then solo songs of his cause he's, you know, trying, um, wanting to play music and stuff. So I figured I'd do something with him and someone commented on it and said, like, um, they need to heat Matt or whoever, you know, these songs are good, but, um, he's going to pigeonhole himself by just singing about cheesy breakups, you know, or like about a girl all the time, you know? And well, I'm like 19, 18 at the 18 or 19 at the time. And I was just like, huh? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. You know, but you know, at the time that was what was important to me though, you know? So I don't really, I don't like so, some of the songs that I wrote, I'll hear and be like, Oh, I hate that. You know, like that is just so like cry baby awful. Like just right. not, you know, but like the reason it's like that is because of what it's the product. It's a product of that period of time, you know? So I don't, I don't really, I don't regret those songs and I don't, I don't wish I never wrote them, but like, I, I don't really enjoy revisiting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but, it's so, a time capsule. So that, that dude's comment actually changed my, uh, my whole perspective. Like it, I'm thankful that that guy said that because it, it really, I mean the, the first song I wrote after I read that comment was a song called silo by citizen. And, um, it was the, the first song that I wasn't complaining, you know what I'm saying? It was just, I was touching on, on other things I felt were, were bigger than some, you know, problem between me and one other person, you know? And I, I think that was a good, uh, that, that was probably the best, the best piece of advice I've ever gotten when it comes to music was from that random person on YouTube or wherever he commented it. Yeah. So dude, it's so, yeah, it's so funny because you could, you could look at, you know, a hundred positive comments and like some people can really say like insightful and meaningful things, but then, you know, like the one or two negative comments will not only stick out to you, but like you'll, you'll actively be like, all right, what can I do to get that person like into this thing? Or like, or like it's just going to stick with you more. And it's like, it's uh, it's so funny because you know the, 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 from the negative comes the positive and yeah push you to write a song or you're like oh I never would have done that before if I didn't read that comment or whatever. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm I'm, I'm glad. My brother. It's funny because I said my brother is uh, he's doing. He's like, you know, he, he he's playing in a band. He's like right. He writes fucking sweet songs, and um, my brother isn't the best singer ever, and he sings for his band, but he does it because he loves it, and he's he's always like trying to get better and he's gotten, I mean, when he first started singing, he was tone deaf, like couldn't even hold a note. It was pretty crazy. And, um, so we record his band, the flats, we record an EP and we start like releasing music videos for him and stuff. And, and, um, I never told him to like, Hey, like people are probably going to say some mean shit about you. (laughs) So, but 
just brush it off, you know? And, uh, I never told him that. And then, um, it came down to, uh, some, someone commented on one of the videos and was like, like this dude fucking sucks at singing. Um, he's just trying to, to ride his talented brother's coattails, like, like stick to your day job, like some, like some like mean shit, you know, like, damn, like, like my brother, like he, he never, isn't He's never claimed to be the best fucking singer ever. He, he's not riding my coattails. Like he just, he just likes to play music and he likes to sing. So he's doing it, you know, like that's so, and he, he saw that and he got like really bummed out you know like really upset about it and he was like texting me and he was just super bummed he like started arguing with the dude on youtube (laughs) you know like and and i was just like dude like don't don't even stress it you know like people tell me that i need to fucking jump off a clip every day (laughs) you know what i'm saying people are just some people are just mean you know yeah and and if you know, if, if I were to talk to that dude face to face, I would just be like, you know, like, you don't, you don't gotta be a, a jerk. You know, someone's, someone's just doing something they enjoy doing. And, you know, like if you don't like it, that's fine. If you think it sucks and you say this fucking sucks, like, that's fine. Like you comment on something like, wow, this fucking blows. Like, I hate this. Like, okay, well, whatever. But when you're like, Oh, he's just trying to ride his coattails. He's not talented. You know, it's like, come on, like give him, give him a little bit more credit. Like, yeah, right? Give he, give him a break. He, yeah, like he 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 just picked up a guitar like a few years ago for the first time, and he's writing. I mean, a lot of the songs he's writing are. I mean, I think they're fucking awesome. I like them more than anything I write. Straight up, you know. <laughs> right, right. So I that you know. I, I had to like kind of prep prep Chris for the the negative shit, and he got a little taste of it, and <laughs> it was that 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 was a, a bad first taste for sure, because that was like pretty brutal. Like I I, I felt bad, and yeah. you could just like visibly really upset about it, and I I, I felt pretty bad about it, you know. But yeah, I, yeah. People, well, but at least I mean, at least you were there to you know not only provide the cautionary tale beforehand, even though, you know, people can warn you until, you know, the cows come home about a certain thing, but it's not going to be as impactful, like until it's actually happening to you. And you're just gonna be like, Oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. Yeah. "Yeah, But I told you it's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because it's happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You feel like nothing else matters. Just that. And you're just so upset. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Totally. Um, well, dude, Matt, I really, really appreciate you hanging out. This has been uh, really fun for me, and I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Yes, I have. It was fun. <laughs> <Let's>, Shit. <laughs> I love that. You're just like, oh, wait, let me think. Yes, I did. I actually did enjoy this. <laughs> All right. That was a super-sized show, wasn't it? Yeah. But I like doing that sort of stuff. I like breaking it up. I like changing up the routine a little bit. Um, I know it's comfortable just kind of, you know, day in and day out doing the same thing over and over, but when I'm able to uh, inject these other conversations, it's always fun. So thank you very much, Matt, for wanting to appear in this show. Thank you very much for Ty from Conveyor. And uh, thank you very much to uh, Yvonne, the manager of Citizen, for hooking this interview up. I really appreciate it. And uh, what else do I got to let you know? How about next week's guest, Al Brown from Dangers, who uh, recently just played Sound and Fury, an amazing punk hardcore band whatever you want to call it um he's an incredibly intelligent person 
And I got to know him pretty well just over the years by going to shows and stuff like that. But we got to know each other very well when we played fantasy basketball together. Because you know what? That's what you do when you're a nerd about certain things. And I love basketball. He loves basketball. And it was quite fun. So, uh, yeah, he's on the show. And he's got a lot of great insight and information that uh, he's sharing with you and his own personal life experience. So, yeah, that's what I got. And please, until next week, you know what I'm going to tell you. Be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.